And we're going to look at the doctrine of the Holy Spirit. I was telling the choir the song we sang um, for a special today. It basically talks about the Holy Spirit's job in the first two lines. And, and a lot of people don't realize it, but the Holy Spirit deals more with you than Jesus does and, the, and, and God does. He's the one that's inside of you and, and telling you what to do. And we're going to look at this. I don't want to scare you. There are 10 points to this, and we're going to get through them really quick, all right? Some of you are going, I need a water break already. You're going to be fine, okay? We're going to, we're going to get through these. And I, and I really could tell you, I could preach a message on each 10 things that they do. I won't, but I'm going to give you verses that will back those up, and I want you to see these. I hope you've enjoyed knowing what you believe. This is not what I say I believe. This is what the Bible says. This is the doctrine of the Holy Spirit. And I want you to see this. What's the purpose of the Holy Spirit? And what's His ministry? It's very important that you understand that the Holy Spirit is very important in your life. And you're going to see the things that He does on a daily level that helps you through your day. And so we're going to look at those, and I want you to fill in the blank with it. And um, as we get started on this, it says the, uh, the doctrine of the Holy Spirit, purpose and ministry. Um, the ministry of the Holy Spirit is this. The ministry is basically, the ministry of the Holy Spirit is in two parts of this earth. The first one is to lift up the name and ministry of Jesus Christ. I like this, that God doesn't even uplift his own name in this. It's all about Christ. And the angels were the same way. All they were concerned about is who Christ was when, when he was on this earth. But it says it's to minister, to, to lift up the name and minister of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, by leading sinners to repentance. So that's what you need to put down in that one blank. It's the ministry of the Holy Spirit is two parts on this earth, and it's by leading sinners to repentance. It's the Holy Spirit convicting people. That was, that's His job. And, and I don't know if you remember before you got saved how the Holy Spirit came in your life and He convicted you of things. That's, what he, that's His job. Jesus doesn't do that. God doesn't do that. It's the Holy Spirit. It's His job to do that. And the second thing is to lift up the name and ministry of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, by ministering to the personal spiritual needs of Christians and empowering their Christian service. So two words there that you're putting down in the blanks is the spiritual needs of Christians and then the empowering the Christian service. He'll give you the empowerment that you need. So let's look at this, the 10 different ways the Holy Spirit ministers through Christians. Like I said, we got 10 of them. We're going to go fairly quick. And in fact, one of them we're going to come back to next week, and I'll get to that. That's number three in just a second. So let's go to the first one. It says, the Holy Spirit dwells in us and gives us peace of heart. He dwells, He indwells us. He dwells in us and gives us peace of heart. Why do you say that's, why is that important? You've heard him call it the Holy Spirit. One of the biggest things you'll hear people talk to him is he is what? The comforter. He's the comforter. It says the comforter has come. And you, you, when you study the Old Testament, we have something that the Old Testament saints did not have. We have this Holy Spirit indwelling us. They had to do works and do things and, and, and confess and do all this. And yes, they had God as their, as their God, but we have something better. After Christ died, the Holy Spirit came and He indwells us. The Holy Spirit dwells in us and gives us peace of heart. Even through your trials and your tribulation, He gives you the peace. How many of you ever had a big burden on your life, and then all of a sudden you started praying, started praying, started praying, and then God took it off? You know what that is? That's the Holy Spirit helping you through that. Sometimes it seems very simple. Some prayers, have you ever made simple prayers, and God has just answered those prayers? 
I didn't go, I didn't take my nap today. I don't normally take a nap on Sunday. I'd love taking, how many of you take naps on Sunday? word. Okay. I like taking naps. I didn't take a nap. Now don't take a nap tonight. Wait till after the service to take a nap. But I didn't take a nap. And I was studying. And I was like, oh Lord, I need to not go to sleep. And so right before Daniel came into my office, I was like, Lord, don't let me go to sleep here. And, and have you ever been that time where you're just so tired, you just want to take a nap? And so I said, Lord, I need your help with this. And, and I started pinching myself and waking myself up. And, and, but can I tell you, the Holy Spirit just comes in and he'll, he'll take care of you. He'll give you that peace. Look at this verse, John chapter 14 and verse number 27 says this. Peace I leave with you, my peace I, what's the next word? Give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled Neither let it be afraid. I like some of these words. I underline them in mind. It says, I give unto you. He gives this to us. It's not like the world gives us. Because when the world finds peace, it's not a full peace. Have you noticed that there's a lot of peace talks? How many peace talks really end up in peace? A lot of times they're just buying time so they can build up things. Well, we're not going to fire on you. And, and I think of Israel especially. These Palestinians, they want to, to, to annihilate them. And so what they'll do is they'll sign these peace treaties, and what they'll do in that peace treaty is try to build up and build. They're not looking for peace. They're wanting land. And as long as they don't have it and Israel has it, these are biblical fights that we're seeing. But we can have peace when the world doesn't have it, and that's the Holy Spirit coming in. The Holy Spirit dwells in us and gives us peace of heart. The second thing, the Holy Spirit teaches us what we need to know and brings it to our memory when it is needed. Has anybody ever had that happen to you? If you've had that happen, raise your hand real quick. You know what happens in me, with me, is I'll need a verse, and Wendell, I have no idea what that verse is, and all of a sudden, I'm talking to somebody, and that verse pops up in my head. And it's, no, it's not a verse that I've memorized, but it's a verse that the Holy Spirit indwells me, and He says, that's the verse. That's the verse you need, or that's an illustration you need. Give them this example. And you see the Holy Spirit doing that. He will come in and He will give you what you need to know and bring it to your memory when it is needed. And let's just face it, some of us in here don't have the best memory. Right? You know what I try to do? I try to make my memory, I try to jog my memory, and my memory doesn't like to jog, okay? It wants to sit and go to sleep. You know, when I get those, how many of you ever lost, and Daniel always teases me about this, because I lose my passwords. I forget my passwords. I got like 10 of them. And some of them, you only have like three of them in the limit. And you go out. And, and so they'll send me this code and it's like seven numbers. And so I think I can memorize that. And then I'll, I'll memorize it, memorize it. When I get off that screen, my, my brain goes blank. And then I'll try to put the wrong code in or put the wrong, I don't know if it's an uppercase or a lowercase. I know numbers don't have uppercase. I'm talking about letters, okay? And so I don't know what I'm doing with this, and I'll, and I'll lose my mind think, trying to remember all these things. But you know what the Holy Spirit does? Even through our lack of memory, it reminds us what we need to know. Let me show you a verse, John chapter 14, verse 26. John chapter 14, verse 26 says this, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things. And bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. Now let's go back to that and look at this. He will teach you all things. 
When you're reading the Bible and you say, Lord, I just want to know what this means. I want you to give me something today. The Holy Spirit through the living word will come back in you and you'll understand what words are said. Now, sometimes it uses, we have to use common sense. I would suggest if you're studying to have a concordance out. I would, I would suggest that you have a dictionary out. You say, well, the King James is hard. It's not hard. It's on an eighth grade level. It's not hard to read. Oh, yeah, and it says thou's and it says ye, but we can figure that out. But what we need to have is we need to have all it in there and get all the common sense, then God will bring it. Have you ever read something and go, I didn't see that before, but I see it now. You know what that is? That's the Holy Spirit doing this for you. That's his job. The Holy Spirit teaches us what we need to know and brings it to our memory when it is needed. Verse number three. I mean, point number three. The Holy Spirit is our source of spiritual power. He's the one that indwells us. And anoints us to do God's work. Hmm. He is our source of spiritual power. He is our plug-in. I feel like sometimes I'm dominated by charging up my phone. You ever been there? Wherever, where you go, you're looking for an outlet to charge your phone. And so you're, you're looking for that source of power. Our source of power as a Christian is the Holy Spirit empowers us. He's our source of that power. He's our battery life. And if we don't charge it up, guess what happens? It goes dead. That's why it says the filling of the Holy Spirit. We have to have that Holy Spirit fill us. We have to ask for His direction. And the Bible says it anoints us to do God's work. He's the one that's the anointer. See, the Holy Spirit does more in your life. Christ, Christ died on the cross for our salvation. God is our creator. And they all work together. But the Holy Spirit is the one that you work closely with. And sometimes we don't even realize the power of what we hold in, within us. That Holy Spirit, although this is His job, He also, as we looked at last week, was in the creation. He also knows everything. And wouldn't you want a source that knows everything to convict you and, and point you in the right direction to power you? So we've got to see this. He powers and anoints us. Um, this is Romans chapter 8, verses 8 and 9 says this, so then that they that are in the flesh cannot please God, but ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, uppercase S. If so, be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. We've got to have this Holy Spirit indwelling us. If we don't have the Holy Spirit indwelling us, he's saying, listen, you better get your salvation settled because when you get saved, the Holy Spirit comes in. Now, some of us, the Holy Spirit is bigger and some of us is smaller. Why? Because it's what we feed. You've got to read His Word to understand it. There's something in the Bible, remember this? The fruit of the what? That's, that's a large case S. Where do you get the fruit of the Spirit? From the Holy Spirit. For instance, if you plant... I'm going I'm to pick on somebody, see if they can figure this out. Okay, I think Josh can figure this out. Josh, if you plant an apple tree, what kind of fruit are you going to get? Apple. If you plant an orange tree, what are you going to get? If you plant a watermelon tree, what are you going to get? There's no such thing as a watermelon tree. But whatever you plant, that's what you're going to get. So the Holy Spirit, when it says the, the fruit of the Spirit, it's talking about these things that you get and you can't get them. That's why the world will never understand. They'll understand happiness, but they won't understand joy. 
Joy doesn't come from situations. Joy comes from within. I've met some people that have been through trial after trial after trial, but you know what they never lost? They never lost their joy. Temperance. Long-suffering. You know how you can go through long-suffering? Is the Holy Spirit indwelling you, and it's one of the fruits that you, you, He produces for you, and you can endure things that you never thought you could endure. That's why you can forgive somebody. Even when it's been a long time. We're studying Joseph on Wednesday night. This man had long-suffering. And how could he do it? He couldn't do it with anything other than God Himself. So we've got to see this. The Holy Spirit is our source of spiritual power and anoints us to do God's work. And we'll look at the fruits of the Spirit next week. Go to, go to number four. The Holy Spirit assigns all spiritual gifts. He's the one that gives you those. And He gives it to you abundantly. And it's not just one. You say, well, I don't know what I can do. Ask the Holy Spirit. He'll show you. And these verses, we're not going to read them because there's so many of them, but 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 1 through 11, I would encourage you to read this portion of Scripture. It'll show you what the Holy Spirit does. See, we're so scared to death to talk about the Holy Spirit. Assembly of God people have got us over a barrel. Because if we get excited, we must not be Baptist. Amen? If we raise our hand, we yell, we say amen, we must, and then, then, then we, oh man, we've lost it. Can I, why can't we get excited about what the Holy Spirit's done? Amen. Man, He's done a wonderful thing. If I said, tell me something the Holy Spirit's done for you in your life, man, everybody should shoot their hand up and say, man, this is what He's done. He gave, He came into me under salvation. He convicts me when I do wrong. I mean, He's the one that's directing me. We've all saw the cartoons, right? You see the cartoon, you have what? Devil on one shoulder and an angel on the other. Let me explain what that really is. The devil, that's you. That's your carnal nature, your flesh coming out. It's wanting what you want, doesn't care what anybody else says. The angel, you know who that is? That's the Holy Spirit. They didn't know they were showing you a little diagram, but that's exactly how the Holy Spirit dwells. And as we look at it, are we going to listen to the Holy Spirit or are we going to listen to ourselves? You're not going to think the same way as the Holy Spirit. You know why? You don't think of forgiveness. You know what you think of? Retaliation. You don't think that's true? Have you ever played any sport that's a physical sport? Have you ever gotten hit by something? You know what your natural reaction is? Oh, praise God, turn the other cheek. That's not what we do. You know what we do? We want to go on attack and we got to figure out if we can't get them in this game, we'll get them in the next game. If we can't get them in the next game, we'll get them the next time we play. Have you ever played it? I remember playing basketball. There was a guy that just played dirty on one of our teams we played. I mean, he was a dirty player. So you know what that made us do? We wanted to play dirty against him. We didn't care if we hurt him. He didn't care if he hurt us. But you know, as we, as we get, as the Holy Spirit indwells us, what he's going to do is he's going to tell you when you do wrong. How do you like being told you've done wrong? Oh, man, I just love it. Don't you? How many of you love it when someone says you've done something wrong? I had someone tell me today that I did something wrong. And you know what? I had to agree with them. And I'm not going to say who it is, and I'm going I'm to approach it in front, in front of everybody because I said it. I want you to understand, I don't want to run Daniel down. <laughs> I ran him down today, and I want to tell you something. He's one of the most amazing people I know. And I tease him, and I don't want him to look like he's bouncing around like a rabbit like I did this morning. 
Because that's not what he is. I can ask him to do something, he does it. So if I feel like I've offended somebody, I'm going to take care of it. The Holy Spirit, when, when, when this person told me, I was like, that's not true. And they said, well, that's how I appear, it appeared unto me. I said, well, then I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do it. And I, you know what I wanted I was like the Tasmanian devil for about three seconds. Then I came back and said, you know what? I don't want to offend anybody. I don't want him to think I think that of him. I mean, he spends a lot of time here. I'm just going to brag on him for a while because I'm telling you, we've got to brag on each other. And the Holy Spirit tells you to write somebody or call somebody or help somebody out. You never know what they're going through, but the Holy Spirit does. He knows what Mark's going through. He knows what Bernard's going through. He knows what we're all going through. He knows what Ellen's going through. He knows what Charlie's going through. He knows what we're all going through. So he'll tell you to do something. You might not ever understand it. But that fruit of the Spirit comes out and he tells you, you've got to handle this the right way. That's what the Holy Spirit does. And you know what the Holy Spirit does with that? He makes us a stronger Christian and a stronger body of Christ at Bible Baptist Church. We're all sinners. We're all going to do things wrong, right? If you don't think that's right, if, did you have a sibling growing up? Because they'll tell you if you've done something wrong. I guarantee you, if I went over to Emily and said, does your sister do anything wrong? She's not going to say, well, let me think about it. She's going to say yes, right off the bat. I bet, Lacey, you'd have some things to tell me about Emily. Oh, yeah. All right, see? You know, as siblings, we can see it, but when God tells us, we need to make it right. Here it says the Holy Spirit assigns all spiritual gifts. He gives us, and it's not just one. He gives you more than one. Okay, we will really love number five. Point number five for this. The Holy Spirit shows us the sin in our life and then brings us under conviction about it. A Christian in here, you listen up. If you do something wrong and you have no conviction about it doing, being wrong, you better guard where you're at. You're not in a good place. Because when I do something wrong, I don't have to go, was that the gray area that... No, I know when it's wrong. And that's because the Holy Spirit indwells me and he shows, look at Psalm 51, verse 10. There's some other verses you can look up on this later, but it says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Here God's saying that whenever I do something wrong, my, my, my first thought should be, I've got to get this right and go back to God and say, what can I do to make this right? If you wrong somebody, you better make it right. Well, you say, what if they don't, what if they don't accept it? It's not on you then, it's on them. That's why the Bible says, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. God can do more than I can. Sometimes we dwell on the negative and we don't realize what it's doing to us, but we just got to turn it over to God. He will show us our sin. And I love that when God shows me my sin and He'll convict us over it. And there's some other verses you can look, like I said. Number six, the Holy Spirit guides us into all truth. He guides us into all truth. The one thing that the Holy Spirit can't do, he can't lie. Jesus can't, can't do that, and neither can God. Remember when Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life? Why is that so important? Because there's nothing wrong in this Bible. 
There's nothing wrong with our God that he had to change his mind and say, okay, I have to adapt it to 2019. That's what the world would have you believe. Amen. The Bible's still pertinent to this day, Amen. current times. It's a living word, and it means something to us today. So we've got to see that. Here's some verses for it. This is actually about three verses. It says John chapter 16, verses 13 through 15. Howbeit when ye, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he shall show you things to come. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive, for he shall receive of mine, and shall show it unto you. All things that the Father hath are mine. Therefore said I, he that, that he, hath, he shall take of mine, and shall show it unto you. Here it's talking about the Holy Spirit is all about truth. Aren't you thankful for a God that's all about truth? It's not about gray areas, black areas, white areas. It's about truth. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. He will lead you to the truth. He'll always point you to the truth. Sometimes that truth is hard to swallow. but That's what God wants us to do. Number seven. Um, number seven says the Holy Spirit reveals God, the Father's calling in our lives. The Holy Spirit reveals God the Father's calling in our lives. He will tell you what you need to do. I've heard people say, well, I was called to preach, da-da-da. It wasn't like that with me. I said, Lord, I'm willing to do whatever you want me to do. What do you want me to do? And through a step of uh, some procedures along the way, God led me to this. I, would, I see some preach, I see some guys get out of college and they say, I want to be a pastor right off the bat. I'm thinking, you have no idea what you're about ready to get into. And I'm not trying to be mean of you, but I understand what the pastor's all about. You better have some tough skin because they're not going to like the way you look, the way you talk, your, your accent, your non-accent, your songs that you sing, the way your tie is. They're not going to like a lot of things. So you better, you better get back to understanding the calling in your life. And that's the Holy Spirit telling you. Well, I sit in a pew. You still have a calling. It's not just to sit in a pew and do nothing. Your neighbors need the Holy Spirit to convict you to talk to them. Your coworkers, the Holy Spirit. Have you ever been in a situation where God says, not in an audible voice, but says, go talk to that person? Anybody been like that? I have numerous times. And there's times when I've done it, and there's times when I didn't. That was, not, that was me doing what I wanted, not what God wanted. When I did it, that's what I was supposed to do. And the Bible says the Holy Spirit reveals God the Father's calling in our lives. Acts chapter 13, verses 2 and 4. It says this, As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. So they, being sent forth by the Holy Ghost, departed unto Cilicia, and from thence they sailed to Cyprus. They split up with the group. How did they know that? Because God told them to do it. Look what the verse says. Look at verse number four. So they, being sent forth by the what? Holy Ghost. The, the young man that Brother Gardner's working with, he was in my youth group. He was a rascal. I can't tell you how many times I had him in my office. I remember telling him, 
the last time that he really did something he shouldn't have done, I said, you know what I'm going to do? Because I knew he was going into ministry. I said, I'm going to pray that you have people just like you in your ministry. You know, you say things, Brother Barnett, to people and you go, I don't know if they heard me. Fast forward about three years. He became the youth pastor. Well, I was a youth pastor out in California. Wasn't too long after that, I got a note in the, in the mail. I opened up the letter. Said, I just want to apologize for everything that I did to you and your family when you were in ministry. And then he said this, please quit praying that prayer. But you know what? I have a lot of respect for this young man because he could have stayed and followed his dad's footstep and been in a mega church, been the pastor there. But the Holy Spirit led him to start a church in Phoenix, Arizona. He had everything in front of him. My wife and I tell you, I mean, he had everything he could possibly want. But you know what? He didn't have the calling from God to stay there. And so he had to follow... And at that point, I respected him even more for what he's, what he's went through. He's a preacher that started a church in less than a year. It's running over 100. And as you look at it and you look at it and you look at it, you can see that God was in it. And what was in it? The Holy Spirit was convicting him where he needed to go. You ever been there? Holy Spirit ever convicted you about doing something? The Holy Spirit is the one that's going to give the Heavenly Father's calling in your life. Acts chapter 13, verse 2 and 4. Because when I read Acts chapter 13, verse 2 and 4, I don't understand why Paul separated. I mean, there were some issues. I understand that. But why, it would have been stronger together. But that's not what God called for him to do. God called him to do something different. Okay. Number eight. Let's review these really quick. The Holy Spirit indwell, it dwells in us and gives us peace of heart. The Holy Spirit teaches us what we need to know and brings it to our memory when it is needed. The Holy Spirit is a source of spiritual power and anoints us to do God's work. The Holy Spirit assigns all spiritual gifts. The Holy Spirit shows us the sin in our lives and then brings, it under, brings us under conviction about it. The Holy Spirit guides us unto all truth. The Holy Spirit reveals God, the Father's calling in our life. And number eight is one we probably won't like, but the Holy Spirit both directs and forbids certain courses of action. Woo-hoo. There's that legalistic side of you. No, that's just what the Holy Spirit does. There's times when... God says, you know, you shouldn't be doing that. And he says, don't do that action. And sometimes it's not a bad action, it's just the wrong attitude behind the action. Read these verses. It says in Acts chapter 16, verses 6 and 7. When they, now, when they had gone throughout, fire, fire, I'm not going to say that right, and the region of Galatia, and were forbidden of the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia, after they were come to Mysia, they aside to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit suffered them not. They couldn't go. God told them, say, you can't go there. There's many times, have you read the story of Christ when he's on the earth, when it said that just he went another way? I've, I've read the story. The one that really I always bring up is the one with the, the, the pigs, the swines that went into the river, and they all died. And one of the town people came back to him, Bernard said, we need you to get out of here. You're wanting the Creator the one that's going to be your sacrifice later to get out of your town. Sometimes that's what we do in our life. It's just an illustration to us of what we shouldn't do. And here it's saying that the Holy Spirit, in number eight, both directs and forbids certain courses of action. That's his job. 
I like number nine. The Holy Spirit makes intercession for us and helps us with and throughout through our infirmities. He makes intercession. What does that mean? Intercession. The Holy Spirit, and there's some verses in it, and I could point you in those directions, but the Holy Spirit, sometimes we pray the wrong way. And the Holy Spirit sometimes corrects our prayers and sends them to God the right way. Sometimes we want that job promotion, but then we don't realize what that job promotion will do. And sometimes the Holy Spirit steps in and says, okay, God, this is what they're saying they want, but this is what they need. He's our intercessor. Look at this verse, it says in Romans chapter 8, verse 26 and 27. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we, we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the heart knoweth what is in the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Those are great verses. You don't hear very many people preaching that. They say, listen, you just need to pray and, and God will take care of you. No, the, the, the Holy Spirit will hear your prayer. He'll know what you need and he knows better than we do because he's all-knowing. And so he'll direct you in that. Have you ever prayed to prayer? Well, if I could just have a, a F1, F250 diesel, that's what I would like. And then God gives you a Ford Ranger, amen. Because he knows what you need, not necessarily what you want. He, he understands the intents of our heart. And that's, that's the job of the Holy Spirit. And I, and I like knowing that, that he's our intercessor. Because I'm not always going to be correct in my prayers. You don't hear that. It, it, that doesn't mean, oh, I shouldn't pray. No, I should pray. But thank God that the Holy Spirit is basically our fine tuner of our prayers. Because He knows what we need. Remember, He's not just a spirit, He's God. And we've got to see that. So the Holy Spirit makes intercession for us and helps us with and through, through our infirmities. And I like that. It's infirmities when we have problems. He knows exactly what we need. Sometimes our problems are not answered right in our mind. Daniel, prime example. Daniel's cast in the lion's den. Did God have to do that? No. In fact, the king, if he could have made any declaration, could have what? He wanted to change it. But he didn't change it because it was a declaration he couldn't change. So Daniel never stopped doing what he was doing. He was cast in the lion's den, thrown down in there, and the, the king was wondering if he's going to be okay because we use this, you just think of this illustration, he comes back the next day. He never did that before or after. But here God is the intercessory. He's the one that, that protects him all the way through it. And he does the same thing for you and I. He's got so many wonderful things for us. And sometimes we stand in his way. And that's what the Holy Spirit's there for, is to correct our wrongdoings, especially when it comes to prayer. We don't always know what's best for us. Has there ever been a time in the Bible when someone asked for something to be taken away and it wasn't? How about Paul? Did he ask God to take something away? And he didn't? Well, you say that made, that made him who he was. It was a part of him. The things that you go through are a part of you and the Holy Spirit knows it. He makes you a stronger person because of the things we go through. 
And so the Holy Spirit is there, and He's the one that's the intercessory. He's the one that's going to help us through. Read those verses. Make sure you understand Romans chapter 8, verse 26 to 27, because that's important. Let's, go to, let's re review one more time. The ministry of the Holy Spirit is in two parts. It's the name and ministry of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, by leading sinners to repentance. It's the name and ministry of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, by ministering to personal spiritual needs of Christians and empowering their Christian service. We read all the way through one through nine. There's many different things that the Holy Spirit does, but let's go to the last one. The Holy Spirit reveals God will, God's will in all matters. The Holy Spirit reveals God's will in all matters. What does that mean? He is your director. Follow his lead. Aren't you glad everybody's not like you? You realize what the world would be if everybody's like you? How many of you feel like you married opposite? And you better raise your hand. Okay, here we go. Because her and I are, we've got two kids. One acts like her, one acts like me. The one you just met last week is the one that acts like me. The other one acts more like her mom. We don't all act the same way. Can I, as, as you look at this in, in, per, in perspective of life, we all have God's will in our life. We've got to follow God's will, God's direction. The Holy Spirit's going to be in us and he's going to direct us. But everybody's path is not the same way. It might get us from point A to Z a different way than he would get somebody else from point A to Z. Some of you could never live without your grandkids right in your back pocket. Amen? You love your grandkids. I see people when they bring their grandkids in. When, when Bernard brings his grandkids, Bernard's like three inches taller when his grandkids are here. It's like walking around, look at me, these are my grandkids, these are great. That's what we do. But not everybody gets to do that. We see missionaries that go on a foreign field. They sometimes never see their grandkids. They, they might be in the States and their grandkids go off to a foreign field. God directs us different ways. In all that matters, the Holy Spirit is directing us where we need to go. And there's been times in my life that I've got so frustrated in a situation and I look back, and Wendell, what's happened is God has protected me the whole way, but I was too stubborn to see it. And the Holy Spirit's saying, listen, you don't know what you're doing, so I'm going to protect you as you go through this, and you want to go from there to there, but I'm going to send you that way, and you're going to end up over there, and that path over there is going to teach you something that you really need to know. And there's been times like, Lord, why are you doing this to me? Why can't I do this? Why, why, why are you not allowing me to do this? That's because the Holy Spirit has got that bubble around you. He's trying to protect you. And sometimes we run as far as we possibly can away from that bubble. And we think we're going to be safe. And when we get out of that bubble, guess what? We truly understand the wrath of God. And it's not good to have the wrath of God upon your head. Let's look at this last verse and we'll be done. Last verse says this. Know ye not that ye are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 16. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 16. Know ye not that ye are the temple of God. It's referring to your body and everything that you do. 
Where do we take God this week? The Holy Spirit sometimes is uplifted by being in us. Sometimes he's probably discouraged with what we do. But one thing that never changes about him is love for you. His intercessory for you. His guidance for you. So I hope you've learned a lot from the Holy Spirit. He does have a purpose and he does have a ministry. We don't have to search hard and, fi and find out what it is. In fact, on a day-to-day -day level, on a minute-by-minute, -minute, on a second-by-second, -second, He is indwelling you. You've got to choose whether you're going to fill your cup up with Him or you're just going to leave it where it's at. There's nothing worse when you're driving a vehicle and the light goes off saying that your gasoline is low. What's the first thing you do at that point? Where is the next gas station? When the Holy Spirit is low in you, you better get back to Him and get that power that He has for your life. And He's not going to direct you the wrong way. He never will go out of the truth. He's going to be exactly what you need every step of the way. With every head bowed and every eye closed. The Holy Spirit dwells in us and gives us peace of heart. Teaches us what we need to know and bring it to memory when we need it. He's our source of spiritual power and anoints us to do God's work. He assigns all spiritual gifts. The Holy Spirit shows us the sin in our lives and brings it under conviction about it. He guides us into all truth. He feels God, the Father's calling in our life. He both directs and forbids certain courses of action. He makes intercession for us and helps us with and through our infirmities. And he reveals, reveals God's will in all matters. Aren't you thankful for what the Holy Spirit does for us? A lot of times, we don't realize how powerful he is. But one thing I've realized throughout many years of ministry, he sure does love us. He loves us more than we love him most of the time. He directs us when, he, when we probably think, if we had someone just like him and we were trying to help that person, we'd have given up on him a long time ago. God truly loves us. 